Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512.24 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Now, since it is a <coughs> good Friday, mm-hmm. let's begin with a reading from our Bible. Oh my, so I'm getting you, triggered. If, you, <laughs> if you're home with your Bible right now, as you should be, because you should be thinking about what you've done to bring <laughs> this plague upon us, and you need to think about it, right? So this comes from Genesis 6, okay. the most literal part of the Bible. Uh-huh. Love the band. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty. Huh. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, uh-huh. men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. He had regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race. I have created with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move around the ground. I regret that I have made them. But Noah, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord, so good for him. Good for him. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. Uh, really powerful stuff. I am yeah. dead staring at Marcus's beautiful face. Yeah, the Bible. Powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. stuff. Wild and stuff. then we have biblical Henry Zabrowski, which is a saying that I never thought I would utter, but I am happy you finally found the light. Fuck you! Whoa! <laughs> I, um, it's just important to remember that when you're when you are reading... The Bible, right? Um, take it literally. Ta- don't take it. It's none of it is poetry. No, remember that. None of it is an amalgamation of various huddled peoples and caves, mm-hmm. um, and people pretending to be God, uh, and just writing random shit and no. then rewriting it many, many generations in a row. Now I realize Pornhub isn't just exploiting a weird sexual kink where people might want to have sex with their siblings. It's biblical. It's, <laughs> it's biblical. <the> Powerful. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. You know, last the past six weeks, uh, except for our relaxed bit, JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what <laughs> didn't happen wasn't real. I am just so happy today. We are getting to actual truth. Some mm-hmm. true facts. Today's topic is... 
My people are finally being covered. <laughs> giant humanoids! Now, when it comes to the world of giant humanoids, these creatures essentially live in three separate worlds. The world of myth and folklore, the mm-hmm. world of alternative anthropology <laughs> and archaeology. Thank you for giving them the credit of calling it alternative <laughs> anthropology <laughs> and archaeology. What does that even mean? You'll, You'll see. It means out. they wear flannel. Uh. And they're very, very sad. <laughs> and the world of biblical ufology. Shut okay. up. Don't you fucking even... So do you start this fucking episode with that ufology nonsense. And I'm going to say that the biblical ufology... I'm, now you're doing it to me. <laughs> The biblical ufology is, uh, I mean, I'm going to say it's the most creative. Yeah. Well, give them credit for that. Well, over the course of this episode, we mean to bring these three worlds together to examine whether or not giant humanoids may have once or may currently walk <laughs> this earth. Well, if you, wa- if you listen to some of the uh, Bible scholars' videos that I watched on YouTube, they will say that if it shows that in the actual statement where it says the giants walked the earth in the days of old and the days afterwards, that they say, oh, that's proof that giants were still, that our giants are still on the planet and walking around. But he pointed out there's a semicolon in there. <laughs> it is so. not even proof of giants. It is proof that everyone that wrote the Bible were tiny nerds and we <laughs> giants were just out playing sport hunting food we didn't have time to scribe we were busy providing food for our families giant humanoids dicks ruined the pussies of the, <laughs> of the most beautiful women of the tribe and then our normal tiny penises can't even go in there anymore <laughs> This is not just a biblical episode. We're going to be covering all kinds of shit when it comes to giant humanoids. When it comes to myth and folklore, most cultures have, at one point or another, developed at least one, if not multiple, tales of giants. Hmm. I just, I am, I am angry. (laughs) As you should. Well, you're, you're, I guess what, Kissel, in all this? You're a fucking tiny little fucking baby. You're oh. a tiny weeny little boy boy in this whole scenario. These are real giants. You're some kind of fake giant. Oh my <laughs> god. The sentient people native to Canada told the story of Amala, who holds the world aloft on a pole. Ooh. He took his vast strength from rubbing wild duck oil on his back. Mm. And once all the ducks in the world are gone, mm-hmm. Amala will die, the world will topple from his pole. And the apocalypse will come. Wait, ducks? I wonder if the bunch of other Canadian giants sat around were like, I see what you're doing there with the duck oil. Actually, what you're going to need to be doing is switching to chicken oil because that's actually the proper kind of oil that you need. If I was doing it, if it was me. If yep. you keep on doing it the wrong way, you're more than welcome to. But if more you want to do it, if you want to do it the right way, you might want to use some chicken oil. Chicken oil is a sustainable oil, and I should know because we are sucking the oil out of our country so much and selling it to ever possible. Well, you guys have officially become more passive aggressive against Canadians than Canadians, which is really impressive. And you know it's the Canadian Bible because there'll be a verse, then Jesus turned water into wine. Then he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> that Good is work. We love the people of Canada and we will be there as soon as we can. Well, in Japan, they have Buto Ijo, which translates to 
Green Giant. Green Giant. <laughs> I am getting so pissed off. Yeah, you I fucking. You're a tiny baby. <laughs> you're a tiny baby today. Okay. Doesn't matter. All right. In one story. Buto Ijo gives a magical cucumber to an elderly couple, saying they will have a daughter if they plant it. But Buto Ijo promised to return on her 17th birthday to consume the teenager. Naturally, the grandparents teach the girl magic, and when the giant comes back, she easily disposes of the creature and continues living uneaten. How's that fair to fucking Bujo Ijo? Yeah, he gave him the cucumber. They shouldn't he have gave, accepted the cucumber. He fulfilled his side of the bargain. Yeah. He gave them the magic cucumber that gave them a daughter. And then they get to renege on all of this bullshit? I think we need to start talking about contracts. And how, and is there any giants out there? And I'm looking at you, Kissel. I know you're a baby today, but normally you should think about contracts and making pe- make people put signing on the dotted line. Well, absolutely. No, if I had it my way, there'd be no rules at all, and uh, finally, I'd reign supreme once again. (laughs) Of course, the Scandinavians have the Jutun, created while Emir was exploring Ganunga Gap and fell asleep (laughs) near (laughs) Muspelheimer, and the heat caused Emir to sweat out a giant sun with six heads named Thrudgelmir, and from there, the Jutun proliferated. Yes! Fuck yes! <laughs> <laughs> or I could also see it like, the Uten created while Emir was exploring Ganunga Gap. Yeah. These are not, first of all, these are not yes. words. Yes. <laughs> and also, Marcus, I do love that you're starting these sentences with the words, of course, because I have never heard of any of this shit. Of course you have. You played God of War. You know all about the fucking Uten. You know all about Muspelheim and uh, fucking Jutenheim. You know about Jutenheim. I just learned how to be a father from that game. <laughs> My question is, why? I wonder why Norse myths love to do those, uh, like the many-headed thing and the ripping from the bodies. Like it's a yeah. very specific style that the Norse myth has that are so. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, it, it's extremely. Fun. I mean, Norse mythology is amongst the most complicated mythology there is out there. But they got a lot of giants. All right, and also a lot of good personal magic is deep inside of Alsutra. From what hasn't, be, from what you could salvage, from what's been taken by the ultra right wing sides of that part of Europe, which is unfortunate. Because yeah. I fucking want to be able to wear my mule near everywhere. Well, I, I let's reclaim the only character that I can possibly mention, and I don't even know if it's appropriate, but we'll reclaim Thor. Yeah, it's appropriate. All right. I mean, Thor is an idiot, but ah. why is Thor an idiot? <laughs> why are we even doing that? You're just talking about the actor. But the, the mule near gives you courage and makes you strong of cock. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but not all of the giants of lore were male. The Inuits of Alaska told a tale of Katen Tuyu, who is a horrific giant with an enormous head and pendulous breasts with a vulva that descended so far below her pelvis that it almost drug the ground. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. And it's like, wait a second, there's a tiny red-headed chubby mustachioed man. I think he's doing aerials on those vulvas. I'm her helper. I bring her the fattest, fattest Inuits uh, so yes, she can son. suck of their juices. Uh, yes, son. That is the classic labia troll. <laughs> yes, yes, it is me. I love it down here. 
<laughs> well, my personal favorite is the Mergut out of France. Standing at 10 feet tall and acting as the companion of a Turkish giant, Margut laughed himself to death after watching a monkey put on a pair of boots. Oh, he's like the weasels from, uh, from her friend Roger Rabbit. <laughs> he, he thought that this monkey trying to put on a pair of boots was so funny, he laughed so hard he exploded. That is funny. <laughs> that is actually very funny. He is the patron saint of YouTube. <laughs> and in Scotland, they've got the Fachan. The Fachan are giants with hands growing out of their chests who are so repulsive that the mere sight of them causes heart attacks. And they are, in addition, said to be expert leapers. Cool. Okay. That's kind of funny. Jumps real big. It's got to kind of be sad for the Fachan because they are, I mean, they're just giants with hands growing out of their chests and all they want to do is hug. Mm, and they can right. give two hugs because they can do hugs with their outside arms and with their inside arms. And they're Ooh. just like, I don't understand. My noon wants to teach me Billy Button. And you're like, well, unfortunately, you look pretty Scottish. I'm so desperate for affection right now, I jump into both of their arms and be happy if they rip me apart. <laughs> And one thing about researching this folklore that surprised me was that the British Isles had quite a few stories concerning giants, both good and evil. Many more stories than a lot of other cultures did. Perhaps not coincidentally, this same place also has possible evidence of giant humanoids existing within their lands. Very big chairs. Oh, I love those. The ones that families take pictures on now when they're on the boardwalk. Yes, I've done it. I'm guilty. I wonder why there are so many giant humanoids in the Anglo-Saxon world. There are so many because the Irish also have a very intense grouping that they, they take very, very seriously that they, they view. But, but it's it's weird because of all the types of cryptids or all the types of kind of fantasy animals or or prehistorical things that might have existed who knows mm -hmm. you'd figure that a giants would be the least likely to miss well that's a good point least likely to miss but also least likely to survive it's very mm. difficult to keep a giant alive well as Ask we Kissel. learned yeah well well thankfully i'm still around my my uh veins still connect with my toes <laughs> to my brain what was wow. it the, the tallest dude that that what was he ate something we'll get to him later really as is he an actual human giant humanoid uh well yeah i mean he has giantism but you know we'll definitely get into him and discussion of circulatory systems later on i can't wait uh, <laughs> is this the is this the, is this a cryptid? This is like the most likely to be a real thing. I mean, it really is, especially once you consider the evidence that's been found. And you're going to enjoy it. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, though, Marcus. I'm going to bring up some stuff later that might contend to some of this evidence. And it comes <gasps> from some of the bravest, smartest YouTube comments that I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> so let's begin our exploration into what alternative scientists have to hmm. say about the evidence of giant humanoids in our past, right. which is, of course, mixed in with a healthy amount of myth and folklore. One of my favorite alternative scientists of all time is Dr. Spoonman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very excited to hear what he says. Of course. <laughs> now, it is highly difficult to claim that the evidence for giant humanoids absolutely exists. But what we can say is that there's plenty of high strangeness surrounding these creatures, along with a fair amount of historical collaboration, if you frame it right. Okay. 
according to a manuscript written in 1150 AD, Stonehenge, the great monolith of England, was constructed by a giant assisting King Arthur's court wizard Merlin. (laughs) And there are certainly people who believe that the world of King Arthur truly existed exactly as it's portrayed in the legendary stories. Okay, giant, now lift the stone again. Put it down like a bench. I want to see how it looks when it's down like a bench. Mm. Uh, I don't yeah. like the dimensions of that. Actually, giant. Yeah, you want me to move the Lift stone? Lift it back up, yes, uh, you please. Want me to... Lift it up. I was born from a tree. Do you know that, giant? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? That's oh, you I know... don't like it standing up. Could you actually lay it back down then, the bench, giant? You know, I can do anything. I'm a huge giant. I don't just have to move these Zippo, rocks. Zippo, I hit you with the zap machine. <laughs> can I just say this when it comes to Stonehenge? Yeah. It's not that exciting. Jesus Christ. Wow. Jesus I just don't Christ. care about oh. the rocks. Oh God, you are truly the Johnny Ramone of this group. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. If you want to know exactly what we're talking about, listen to the next episode of No Dogs in Space, where we're going to tell a story of the Ramones on tour, where Johnny Ramone says that exact thing and stays in the van pouting while the rest of the band enjoys Stonehenge. They, that was back in the day where you used to be able to walk into Stonehenge, where yeah. you could like walk around and he could write fucking Here Comes the Ramones on the block <laughs> if he if wanted we, to. If we went to Stonehenge, I would steal some of Henry's weed and go and look at it. I'm not going to be all Johnny Ramone about it, but I understand the sentiment. But for evidence, near Stonehenge is the Salisbury Plain, where hundreds of mounds, earthworks, and megaliths far larger than the Stonehenge complex are located. They just aren't as widely known because, frankly, they aren't as visually arresting as Stonehenge. Stonehenge looks really fucking cool. These others look like big rocks. Yeah, that's the thing. But you, the thing is, with them big-ass rocks, how'd they get there? Right. I know that Stonehenge <laughs> is cool because it's super Zeppelin, and it works with the sun, which is one of the, I guess, the reasons why they say it was even built. I guess that it was a calendar. I'm not really, I'm not fully certain on that. Oh, right. not, we haven't gotten into our ancient architecture series. We could do, eventually. Yeah. I want to do King Arthur, but King Arthur inf- does require a lot of books that you also could get from a syllabus for people who go to like na or aa it's weird how it <laughs> yeah. kind of those things kind of mix together well i don't think it's a calendar because i don't see any cute dog photos oh. or the barbie twins remember the barbie <laughs> twins calendar that you could get at the state fair that without a doubt the carney came on when he gave it to you. they tried to get them to go there but it was cold ah <laughs> But to somewhat support the claim that a wizard built Stonehenge with the help of a friendly giant is an assertion made by a man named Sir Thomas Elliot. He said that he found both a suit of armor belonging to a giant warrior and a skeleton measuring 14 feet 10 inches in Salisbury in 1802. And it was Hmm. difficult to find it because it was underneath all that brown sauce. Yes, indeed. Ooh, I low-key love Salisbury steak. People used to make fun of it. I was that kid who got everyone else's because no one liked it. And I was like, I actually think it's pretty good. I think it's good. I like that it's all brown. In addition to that, a skeleton unearthed near St. Edmund's Church right next to Salisbury measuring 9 feet 4 inches was found nearly 100 years earlier. And 700 years prior to that, monks at Glastonbury Abbey found something that just might shine a different light on British history. Hmm. Hmm. 
These monks found an oak coffin 16 feet below the surface of the abbey between two mysterious pyramids. And inside the coffin, they found a skeleton that was no less than nine feet tall. Cool. All right. And just above the coffin was a lead cross carved with the following inscription. Here lies interred the famous King Arthur on the Isle of Avalon. No shit. That's so cool. he was like, that's fucking cool. But so it's like, I guess he was like LeBron. Yeah, maybe. So King Arthur was supposed to be nine feet tall? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. King Arthur was a giant. They maybe. were all inbred. How did he become nine feet tall? No, no, no. This was before all the royal family started inbreeding. This is like the beginning of it all. This is oh. the OG shit. Okay. They've been slowly whittling down. Since then, and now we have Queen Elizabeth who goes on camera with a green screen shirt on going, <laughs> And then we're well first, our invisible foe, once again. And everyone's like, oh, wow, she's alive. <laughs> if you want to check out a funny Instagram, Kyle Donigan is hilarious, and he does a great impression of uh, Prince Harry, which is uh, very, very funny. Now, it wasn't just the English who had possible evidence of giant humanoids in their past. And here's where we start moving a little closer to modern history outside of the Middle Ages. Going back as far as the year 1500, Spanish explorers to America reported several encounters with giant Native Americans. Although, admittedly, giant might have been a relative term. They're just not short Italians. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> because you're all big and scary, and all you want to do is thump your chests and yell and throw beer cans at people. But the small of us, the rest of us spend our times building sails, getting to America. You big giants have been just going around sticking your dicks in trees, d- drinking old pond water, and killing pigs. Well, if we, we are... If we, Move in the needle. If we There's didn't stick people. our dick in trees, we wouldn't have ants. And if we didn't have ants, how would we know the forest is safe to go into? I also wonder how many times they go on a trip to the New World and come back with nothing. And then they mm. got they went to the New World and they're like and they and they come back with all the stuff and they're like and it's just like okay, tell us now. Where are our many treasures from your many, many trees? And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have anything. <laughs> they're like, well, how? Why don't you have anything? We stay to all the way to America. And he's like, hey, the giants. <laughs> the giants keep us. Oh, yeah, the big, hairy. He threw a pig at us. <laughs> so typical. The entire world is based upon lies of the little man. <laughs> well, I mean, that did actually uh, almost happen. New Amsterdam, which of course eventually became New York, almost didn't make it because all they had to sell at first were beaver pelts. And the people of Europe were not too impressed with just beaver pelts. So uh, it damn near didn't make it to where it is today. And New York has not seen a hairy beaver since. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all of it. Wow. Well, to give some perspective on size, the average height of the European male during that time period was five foot five. Native <laughs> A good American. solid height. <laughs> Native Americans, on the other hand, owing to their robust diet before the arrival of the white man, were usually eight to ten inches taller than your poorly fed, scurvy stricken European. Yeah, I think you mispronounced superior. <laughs> But, as we'll get into, there is some archaeological evidence, maybe, that some of the tribes in at least North America were as tall as the explorers claimed. But before we explore that, let's go through some of these accounts. 
the Spanish explorer Alonzo Pineda said that the Karankawa tribe of the Texas coast were exceedingly tall and well-formed, and Pineda also claimed that the giants of the Texas coast were cannibalistic. Ooh. Now, this might seem like explorer propaganda, but as we'll see, there is evidence both in certain archaeological finds and in Native American lore itself that giants, if they did exist in North America, could have been cannibalistic as an essential part of their nature. This goes back as far as stories of giants go that they are cannibalistic. There, there is something about attaching giants and cannibalism. There's something about the otherness of them. Also saying... There's some kind of weird cryptid math or or prehistory math about the idea of, like, you get to be more people tall the more people you consume. Like, you are what you eat. I get it. I don't it. know what that... I don't know why that is. There's just something... Because they, they are also hearkening back to, I think, as we'll get into the biblical ufology of this, the, the kind of this weird kind of stink of the giants and the idea that they were supposed to have been destroyed long ago and they are kind of f- fragments and and pieces of a more harsh evil prehistory time period that they now in the modern times of the 1500s have really made sure that they, now it's super empathetic and they're far <laughs> forward thinking and it's, it's as futuristic as it's going to get <laughs> I mean, in giants, you know, even the, the notion of cannibalistic giants even shows up in, like, modern-day media. Like, Attack on Titan, uh, the amazing fucking anime, is all about gigantic, naked giants coming to eat humankind. Yeah, they've been sexualizing us for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the giants have no genitals, though. Well, yeah. that's... We got innies. <laughs> you got innies! And also Jack and a goddamn beanstalk. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, and Jack has killed uh, Jack the Giant Slayer. There are a ton of different stories also, about Jack killing giants. Okay, I don't want to do this again, but Jack is a fucking... It's an invasion of my home. Save this. <laughs> Save this. We're going to get to Goliath. We're going to get to Goliath, who's also a fucking little tiny baby compared <laughs> to all the people, the real giants that were before him. I'm pro the giants and I'm pro Goliath, and I'm just stand by it. Well, Pineda further claimed that this tribe on the Texas coast practiced head flattening, and another Spanish explorer reported the same thing being done with giants in the Caribbean. Hmm. The explorer there, however, said that the giants were man-made. He claimed that the giant's bones were softened in infancy with ointments, then kneaded and stretched like wax by masters of the art until they were finally of giant size and stature. If... They survived the process. So they treated us like fettuccine? <laughs> it just shows that if, you, if your family, Kissel, had really put money down on some good ointments instead of just covering you with natty light, maybe <laughs> you would have been taller. <laughs> All right. The explorer Ferdinand Magellan also saw giants in the Americas when, in 1520, he saw a naked giant dancing and singing on the shores of Patagonia, which is now modern-day Argentina and Chile on the southern tip of South America. Hmm. He said that this friendly naked giant was so tall that the tallest of his explorers only came up to his waist. Ha-ha! You see my bottom hair! Ha-ha! Good to see you, friend! Welcome to my dick! Isn't it fun how long it is? Bigger than your entire family, huh? Ha-ha! I dance all day long. <laughs> That's a good spot for them to be. No, being Spanish explorers in the 1500s, these men could not help but taint any and all discoveries with evil intent eventually. Mm-hmm. 
Pretty soon, Magellan's men devised a plot to kidnap two of the giants and take them back to Europe to show the queen or sell them into slavery or do whatever the fuck it is those evil bastards did with native people back in the 16th century. Uh, they gave them the career opportunities of being slave butlers. Uh-huh. Well, this is just absolutely horrific what they've done to the giant people. And I think I, I deserve... My reparations, which is fun. No, I don't <laughs> I want you to start. This is day. another new alternative take. When you start saying that there was more giant slaves than any other race of slave, and I don't want to hear about it. Now, these people did supposedly get two giants onto their ship, but both natives died in transit, presumably from one of the diseases that killed 30 million people in modern day Mexico and South America alone. By 1620. Let's not bring anything real into this, please. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, though, we cannot confirm Magellan's story because he claimed to have dumped the bodies overboard. However, Sir like Francis... Like fucking Osama bin Laden. I know. Same yeah. fucking I was shit. the same thing. Same shit. And we did not take down the Trade Center Towers. We built the fucking towers. <laughs> I want to see the pictures of the Giants' bodies next to Osama bin Laden's bodies <laughs> down in fucking Davy Crockett's locker. What's the name of that thing? Davy Jones' Davey locker. Davy Jones' locker. <laughs> However, Sir Francis Drake returned to Patagonia later and did confirm that the natives averaged somewhere around seven and a half feet tall. And this does kind of track because the thing what we do know about people's growth, uh, natural evolutionary growth, is that people in colder climates are much larger than people in warmer climates. Why is that? I don't know exactly, but I do know there's, that's the reason why the Scandinavians are very tall uh-huh. and uh, South American natives, Mayans, are very short. Huh. It's all about climate. Okay. Maybe it's something about seeing over snow. It's the dumbest fucking thing you've ever heard. I don't know. What's your geneticist? Little ones like to be closer to the sand so they can relax easier. I'm sure it has to do with metabolism. I I heard it was so they could see over snow. (laughs) My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product right now. Aura has a great deal for mother's day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's a U R a frames.com. Use code left at checkout to save Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Again. Invading disease-ridden slavers who believed that the natives were hiding a city made entirely of gold and that the Fountain of Youth was somewhere in Florida, they're not the most trustworthy of sources. Yeah, the Fountain of Youth is not in Florida. <laughs> it's not it's, in Florida. It's the opposite. No. It's, it's called the, the Grave of the Elderly is, is in Florida. My other question, do you honestly, I, I have a question about some of those things. Maybe we'll, it's another topic maybe we'll do is El Dorado one day. Yeah. But my question is, do you think that sometimes they obviously had to get budgets to go to the new world and go to, to to do these trips. They had to yeah. get budgets. Mm. They had to go and they had a pitch. Yeah. Like, this is what we're going to go do. And we're going to go find this thing. Yeah. Do you think maybe this revolt, like, literally goes into, like, pitch logic of, like, we're going to hit him with this. With I giants. heard a guy I was whipping <laughs> the other day say that he could show me to a city made out of gold. And I'd trust that guy because he was screaming. <laughs> so we should show them. <laughs> well, however... 
There are numerous legends in Native American lore and tribes up and down North America which suggest that maybe, just maybe, the Spanish explorers might have been onto something. I would pay so much money to just sit around a campfire, get stoned, and listen. Native American stories oh, are like the best. They're the best. They're so fucking good. The Shawnee's oral history has the story of the Ornayarheg, which loosely translates to the Stonish Giants. It was yeah, said- we were pretty fucking stoned, weren't we? <laughs> pretty yeah, cool guys. Yeah, no. It was said that these giants descended from a certain family who wandered the forest, forgot the rules of humanity, and developed a taste for man flesh. Uh, Mm. I wasn't aware that I wasn't supposed to masturbate in public. Uh, Hey, your head looks like an egg. Hey, hey, no, no, please, I'm just about to invent spaghetti. And that's why the Chinese ended up doing it. No kidding. These giants also gave themselves hard skin by rolling around in the sand so that the arrows of the Shawnee merely bounced from their bodies. Yeah, I know why I look like a big turd, but <laughs> it's nice because the arrows can't penetrate my heart. Stop eating my people, sir. Stop eating. We're just humble pasta makers. So the Shawnee hid in caves for many winters until finally the Ornayarheg died out. The Miwok have a similar story, although theirs is only about one giant. They believed in a stonish giant named Yayali, who was, perhaps not so coincidentally, also a cannibalistic humanoid. Hmm. In one story, Yayali stormed a Miwok village and immediately consumed a poor man named Chipmunk. Oh, Mr. Yoyit! Hi. Hi, Mr. Are Do- you? Are you Chipmunk? Yeah, that's my name. Go <laughs> yeah. out. I'm the funniest guy. They say that I raised them around the entire tribe because I went and showed everybody I look, it's a jump rope. Look, I'm doing a jump rope. And everybody said, you're just putting a rope on the ground and jumping over it. And I'm like, well, you call me uh, again. Chipmunk, you're just dumb enough to eat. I'm still alive. I can still hear Chipmunk inside of my tummy. (laughs) Well, after eating him, Yayali took Chipmunk's wife as his own and forced her to consume the flesh of her dead husband. Eventually, she became pregnant and gave birth to two stonish sons. But after speaking with the tribe as to how she could end her own personal hell, she devised a simple yet effective plan. She took a piece of obsidian, cut Yayali's face from his skull, murdered both him and their sons, Fuck and yeah. hung their butchered body parts from trees. Fuck Could have yeah, done dude. it without that, ma'am. <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> I don't like this whatsoever. She's still she's still the mother of the children. She shouldn't kill. She should. They were also evil. They were big. They were evil. They were eating other members of the tribe. They were hungry. And now we need to start wondering whether or not being big makes you evil, or does being <laughs> evil start to make you big? <laughs> well, it even gets worse after that. Yayali's brother then came to visit, and not knowing the meat hanging from the trees was that of his own kin, <gasps> the brother consumed the tree flesh. Yes, he did. Why not, man? No fucking questions, dude. I got my butcher box in the mail, dude. I get that shit. 
<laughs> Eventually, though, Yayali's brother was also killed when the village shaman called on a water elemental to drown the giant with a flood. And this is probably like a story used to Wait. explain, like, oh, that's where that river came from but or something the, like that. But wouldn't the giant survive the flood? Isn't the giant one of the only creatures that would live through a flood? You wait, Kissel, because we'll find out. Because we will see if the Diluvian event that changed all humankind wasn't specifically done to kill all the giants. Mm-hmm. Oh. Even more terrifying was the Se-Nahaha of the Paiutes. To Se-Nahaha was a giant who would carry a large basket of thorns on his back and capture people to throw inside and torture them as he walked the lands. I tell you what, if you thought to Se-Nahaha was really bad, if you meant to say a bahoo <laughs> you would oh, be so right. scared. He's so depressing. <laughs> I'm happy you did that one, not I. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I'm here. Sorry that I did this. Uh, does anyone want to buy any thorns? I'm here selling thorns. But it's with the Paiutes that a small bit of archaeological evidence comes to the forefront. Now, Ben. Yes. Swear I'm not roasting you here. I this is really not swear I'm not I swear I am like really I I am on the edge of my chair full of rage right now. This is I, I it's just it's so on the nose. It's so beautiful what history provides. But the Paiutes also believed in a race of cannibalistic red-haired giants. Heroes is what you is what you should be calling them called the Sea Taka. Or it's like, it's a Citeca or whatever. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but what I do remember what they all said about the red-haired giants, and this is true. <laughs> so they love big barrels of, they, they get as much ale as they could. It's a, a big drunk, fucking they'd steal all their food, and that they smelled like shit. <laughs> Big stinky ass fucking giants. Okay, big goofy red hair. It was like worse than corpses. Like they smelled worse than rotting corpses. They're having fun. Uh, They're party bros. They're having a good time. Yes, when when the when they show up, the party ends for some people, but it starts for the cool people. And supposedly there is evidence for this. Yes. in 1911, a group of businessmen attempting to harvest vast supplies of bat guano in Nevada's Lovelock Cave discovered two giant mummified skeletons, well-preserved, with red hair. Yep. Sitting on big beanbag chairs in front of their 70-inch televisions playing fucking <laughs> Division 2. Ah, uh, yes, this is the authentic alcoholic giant. <laughs> Now, the Paiute people are no strangers to weirdness, because if you'll remember, the legends of the closely related Ute tribe are directly linked to Skimwalker Ranch, the epicenter of high strangeness in America. Hmm. What's interesting with Lovelock Cave and the Paiute tribe, though, is that their legends line up with archaeological evidence. But that's, of course, if you believe what the people who discovered the cave in 1911 had to say. You can always just say, like, ah, they were lying. Well, yeah, this is... This is just one of those pieces of archaeological evidence that if you want to call them all hearsay, sure, absolutely. But this is not the only one. There has been countless evidence, countless stories of people finding massive skeletons. And the Lovelock Cave is particularly interesting Mm. because they found these fucking, as we'll go through the evidence, they found things that cooperated the old school story. 
that's the thing. You watch Indiana Jones as a child, and you're like, I want to be an archaeologist. And then you get the degree, and you realize you're just wading in shit. Bat shit. Most Bat of shit. your life is dookie related. <laughs> but guano is very fucking lucrative. Yeah, yeah. Guano's yeah. good business, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, according to the Paiute legend, a pair of red-haired giants were chased into the cave by the Paiute people following a reign of murder and cannibalism. And the Paiutes started a great fire and destroyed the entrance, trapping the giants inside for eternity. I, but if you go inside of that cave, you can see, they say, that the ceiling is all scorched. And they did find what they called a giant handprint, a giant six-fingered handprint that they found on the wall. That then when they went back to go, like, I guess carve it out of the rock to show it, it was gone. So, but there were pictures of it. I saw it on the Newkirk's website, Week and Weird. They also had a good little section about that that story of like this weird handprint that mysteriously disappeared. This is revisionist history. The little person, think about the giant. Uh-huh. The giant's just hanging out, having a nice time, trying to Killing eat Killing people and eating people. No, no, the people yep. are under their feet. <laughs> and then they're You chased. say we're less than. That's what you're saying, is that we count less than you, because you're bigger. But guess what? There's more of us, But y'all. just think about how scared the giants must have been. They were killing and eating people. They were different than them. <laughs> Dog meat. Dog meat, we can't expect him to see outside of his own prerogative and to vote for his own interests. I mean, I'm right in the middle of the two of you. I mean, I'm six, I'm, I'm six foot tall, so I'm right in the middle of Henry and Ben. I'm of average height. Yeah, well, you better make a choice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's said that those same giants, the ones from the Paiute legend, were the ones found in 1911. Hmm. In addition to skeletons... The guano farmers also found baskets and stone tools, as well as comically large sandals, much too big to fit the average person. You fucking... (laughs) Comically large? (laughs) What is actually very sad is that it feels like they found the ancient burial ground of a sketched comedian who did a fucking bit called Mr. Big Feet like I did my fucking Mr. Big Hands bit for years. That's it. It's just props. Could you do a little bit of uh, Big Hands for me? Watch up. Need help spanking your daughter? Ain't man enough to do it your own goddamn self? The name's Horse... Oh, God. The name's Devlin Horse Punch. And I'll spank your daughter. I believe you can find Mr. Big Hands on YouTube, right? Yes, yes. (laughs) I don't know if it's aged well, but it's up there. (laughs) That murder fist sketch is gold. But the coolest part about all this is that the mummified bodies themselves dated back almost 9,000 years. Damn. Meaning these bodies may correlate with the ancient Paiute legends of the Sea Taka. There's also evidence for the more gruesome parts of the story. A 1924 expedition into Lovelock Cave found three human bones split to extract the marrow, just as the Paiutes split animal bones, which points towards cannibalism. But you don't have to be a giant to be a cannibal. You just need to be hungry and forward thinking. Yeah, a little desperation, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be that there were just a pair of Native American Ed Kempers in the tribe, mm-hmm. larger than the average Paiute, and 
you know, through story, they were turned into giants over time. Criticized, ridicu- you know, r- ridiculed, sure. <laughs> and it could be that the split bones were from people just trying to survive a famine. There is evidence of famines uh, in the Paiute people's past. You never think about human bone marrow. I-, I would assume it probably is similar to any other bone marrow, huh? I would imagine. Yeah, but it's fucking absolutely delicious. Huh. But. Those bones found at Lovelock Cave weren't the only anthropological evidence found in Nevada. According to a newspaper unimaginatively titled The Evening News... (laughs) Hey, they at least gave it a time period. It could have just been called newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Workers in 1904 digging gravel in a cave near Winnemucca found bones of a man thought to be 11 feet tall. Now, this conclusion was reached from the discovery of an ulna, which is one of the two bones in a human forearm. The radius and the ulna, you remember. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got the squiggle bone and you got the finger, the fingering bone. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, this ulna, they said, measured no less than 18 inches in length. Now, they definitely overshot the 11-foot claim a bit, but still... If the 18-inch ulna claim is true, mm-hmm. then that means that the man this ulna belonged to would have been well over seven feet tall, which would absolutely put him in the classification of a giant. Because we're not talking about, like, minute bowls here. Okay. Like, we're mm. talking about well propor- like heavily proportioned, gigantic fucking men and women. All right. Yeah, big ass, like, fucking, like, they would be great offensive linemen. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Talking about Gronks here, you yeah, know. Like the, yeah. The great Big Kali. The great Kali is a wonderful pro wrestler. OG, huge guy, but oh. he, he might be a giant. I mean, oh, he's definitely a giant. Andre the Giants. That's a, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about Andres. Big boys. Mm. Big old boys. Now, all you skeptical Simons and Susans out there might might be asking yourself a very reasonable question. If all of these oversized skeletons and bones have been found, then why are giant humanoids not common knowledge? Because you haven't done the fucking work. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, the short answer is that it's a conspiracy. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Although that conspiracy is not as far-fetched nor as stupid as you might think it to be. Although it is, at the same time, very stupid for entirely different reasons. I think it might be as stupid as I think it is. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Now, one of the interesting things about giant humanoids is that they've actually caught the interest of two of our most famous presidents. George Washington Uh said that while digging the foundations for Fort Loudon, his men found a seven-foot-tall skeleton. And he was physically incapable of telling a lie because they put a tiny bomb in the tip (laughs) of his penis. And if he told a lie, he would lose the first presidential penis, which was a big crime at the day. Well, Abraham Lincoln could never tell a lie except for about his sexual orientation. Wait, am I fixing them? What? Yes, George Washington, uh, he could he tell a lie. He can't tell the no, lie. No, uh, George Washington couldn't tell a lie. I thought that Abraham was Lincoln whole... could no, tell it, a lie. No, it was the cherry, George Washington and the cherry tree. He chopped down the cherry tree. George, did you chop down the cherry tree? I cannot tell a lie. Yes, I did chop down yes, the cherry tree. So he's Jim Carrey from Liar Liar? That <laughs> yeah. would actually make a horrible president. Abraham Lincoln couldn't look at a vagina. <laughs> And speaking of Abraham Lincoln, he's our next guy. Okay. Abraham Lincoln made comments about giant humanoids. This is totally true. Mm -hmm. Made comments about giant humanoids during a speech at Niagara Falls in 1848, saying, quote, The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mountains of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now. Uh, uh, Mr. Lincoln, it seems as if you're sort of sweating a little bit and you seem to be 
sexually aroused. You're getting like flush in the face. There is nothing arousing about the idea of giant buttocked creatures, big, taut men, covered in soot, needing to be cleaned, uh-huh. begging to be washed by the right. hands of a spindly man, cradled in the arms of uh-huh. a giant. I thought this was going to be a speech about economics here in Buffalo, New Nothing York. Nothing arousing about the idea of a cook, about five cronks, about filling every crevice of the presidential hole. Well, I don't know, but he has my vote. Well, surprisingly, Abraham Lincoln's statements have grounding in what was then contemporary thought. If you'll remember from our Mormonism series, Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism, was an infamous robber of Native American graves. These mass graves were known as mounds, and America was absolutely full of them before people like Joseph Smith dug them up for baubles, or people like George Washington destroyed them to build forts and buildings and all kinds of other structures. Mm. What's interesting, though, is that many people who dug up these mounds reported finding skeletons and bones of enormous size. In 1899, a skeleton found in a mound near Miami Valley, Ohio, was 8 feet tall. And near Omaha, another skeleton found was 7 feet 6 inches. Okay. But the strangest thing about some of these finds is that some of the skulls appeared to have double rows of teeth. This is very big in the world of giants. The the idea of the double teeth. And they said that that is an akin to a genetic anomaly that would be the same as if we were born with three arms. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, they say it's pretty much impossible because the metabolic cost of creating extra teeth, a whole row, because just having a couple of extra teeth is exceedingly rare. But a right. whole race of people with a whole row of extra teeth, it's impossibly high. Okay. If we're talking humans here <gasps> hmm. but that's the thing is that like double rows of teeth they're talked about so much in the giant humanoid world they even they have their own like truncation they call them drts yep got to <laughs> honestly <laughs> it's for your paperwork <laughs> i can't be writing double rows of teeth on fucking 15 times on a sheet of paper i gotta fucking close it down your people's like, attempt to get laid. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, same thing with the WGCs are huge. What's you that? Gotta put that in frame. We're giant cock. <laughs> you got to put that all in there. It's very difficult. But DRTs were found at burial sites across 13 different states, Benjamin. Okay. Hey, I, I am not even skeptical. But even if the double rows of teeth aren't real, because it is a highly improb- improbable due to the metabolic cost of getting an extra set of teeth... The fact remains that there have been dozens, if not hundreds, of accounts of giant bones discovered in America for as long as we've been desecrating the graves of those who came before us. Mm. And from what many of the news reports say, a lot of these bones were, after discovery, shipped to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, Mm. D.C. So, why aren't these giant beings common knowledge if the smithsonian has all these fucking giant bones well boys we've got something to do this weekend put on your break into the smithsonian smithsonian no don't worry this is the I, and it's a perfect time because yeah. fonzie's jacket's just sitting there yeah let's get it well the simple answer is that evidence for giant humanoids was systematically suppressed for reasons that are all too familiar when one considers the history of the late 19th, early 20th century in America Mm. when it comes to scientific thought. 
The man in charge of the Division of Mound Exploration at the Smithsonian in the late 1800s was Cyrus Thomas. That sounds like a t-shirt that you wear right next to Boob Inspector. (laughs) (laughs) It is like such a Florida Beach shirt. Mound Inspector. I'm actually from the District of Mound Exploration, and I'm going to need to take a look at some of your undiscovered grave sites. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Sir, you're a living pina colada. Can you get away from my wife, please? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should get back to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as I know, Cyrus Thomas was not a Mormon, but his beliefs about the mound builders certainly lined up with Mormon thought. Like the Mormons, Cyrus Thomas believed that the people who built the mounds were of an advanced, lost American race. Huh. Cool. But instead of Nephites and Lamanites and all that shit... Cyrus Thomas linked his ancient race to the lost continent of Lemuria. Which would have been difficult because Lemuria is supposed to be off the coast of India. So how are they getting over here? Yeah. That's a whole, that's a big question. Maybe they swam. Fuck. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Therefore, according to giant humanoid alternative scientists... Thomas suppressed all the evidence for giant humanoids that came into the Smithsonian because it completely contradicted his beliefs about the mound builders. Oh. He thought that native cultures in America did not mix in any way whatsoever. And the idea that there was a separate race of giants mixed in with regular fucking folk completely contradicted his beliefs about the mound builders. You know, it's kind of cool if we went back in time. We'd be smarter than all of these people. And technically, <laughs> they were the smart people of the time. But now, if we, yes, if now if I showed up, if from the, me, me, current Henry, I guess, showed up, I guess I would be, like, named ahead of Harvard. But I still <laughs> would just turn it. I'd just show them all, like, how to build a bong. Yeah, like, that's just true. Out of, out of different objects. They also say, man, according to some YouTube comments that are fucking pretty legit, <laughs> is that fucking... There ain't no such thing as dinosaur bones, y'all. What? <sighs> what do you... What do you oh, hold, Giant a, bones... There's a lot of Christians who believe this. ...are dinosaur bones, my friend. But why do they look like dinosaurs? Then the archaeologists manipulated the bones to make them look <laughs> not human. That's so much work, but uh, I believe it, right? <laughs> no matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing A long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry, 
in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanadas already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. The other person who was instrumental in suppressing knowledge of the giants was the curate of the Division of Physical Anthropology at the Smithsonian in the early 20th century. His name was Alice Herdlicka. And he... I heard about that. (laughs) My God, that man's tongue made my wife come so much. Yeah, that's right. I'm Tommy the First Cuck. Well, Herdlicka had close ties to the American eugenics movement, ah. which was key in inspiring many of the eugenic beliefs and programs later instituted by the Nazis. Controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember, like, the, the Nazi eugenic beliefs, like, they got that from America. There is literally... Uh, Frank Thomas, the former baseball player, is the pitch man for a product called Nugenics, which is so so close to eugenics. But I guess everyone is just like fine with it. No, it's new, cool eugenics. Yeah. What we're trying to do is we're trying to breed out all the people that are not lit. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. Well, Alice Hardlicka is believed to have covered up the existence of giant relics and bones recorded and reported in the field simply because it contradicted the eugenic belief that cranial size was correlated with intelligence. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time. Wow, they got that one wrong. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, brave modern-day reporters like L.A. Marzulli showed it because that's what they wanted to say is that the giant skulls were just super thick. Right? Said he took a bunch of these super ancient relics without any gloves on and he poured a bunch of rice into him. And he showed that you could put a lot of rice in those skulls. Watch Watchers 10 and try to fucking decipher it. Herdlicka also believed that nobody was inhabiting the lands that became the United States before 2000 BCE, but was finally forced to accept that he was wrong when the evidence became too overwhelming for him to keep his job and continue believing in dumb bullshit. 
it's weird. It's like the the Twitterverse like existed then, but it was within scientists. Yeah, <laughs> if this guy just made up bullshit and was just like, I'm pretty certain of it. And he was the head of anthropology at the Smithsonian. That's it. That's all you got to be. We got to break in there and get Fonzie's jacket out. It's just not safe. It's not safe there. <laughs> of course, if you do accept the existence of giant humanoids as a part of Earth's natural history, then you're probably wondering where exactly they came from or how giants evolved alongside humankind. Uh And this is a completely reasonable question from a scientific point of view, because being that big and surviving as a people would require an entirely different bone structure as well as different circulatory and nervous systems than what humans are working with now. And here's where we talk about the gigantic eight and a half foot tall man because mm-hmm. ben you just being six foot seven you have problems with circulation it's a nervous system because of you little people that make <laughs> us constantly in fear for our life as you should you should always be wondering where you're going and where you're stepping and you need to be looking down more instead of looking up all the time with your big dreams you'd be looking down and being fucking real and facing reality that you have little time bombs in your legs that are gonna kill you one <laughs> Well, the tallest man on record was named Robert Wadlow. And Robert Wadlow, I think, was somewhere around like eight and a half, nine feet tall. He had gigantism. And the thing is about the human nervous system is that we are not, our nervous system is not designed to work in a body that large. That meant that his feet had no feeling in them whatsoever. He had his pain receptors could not, pain receptors could not travel from his feet to his brain. They just died out before they got there. But you know, it is cool when you're 30. 13 and you can smash your own legs with a hammer. And just be like, <laughs> you guys want to see something kind of cool? Oh, everybody screaming and stuff. Like, I don't feel nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs> well, furthermore, this guy, you know, he had to have braces on his yeah. legs in order to just stand up, in order to just walk. And one mm. day, uh, his braces, um, I can't remember what exactly they did to him. Like his, his it just fe- dug into his legs. They and just dug into it. his legs. Yeah, they dug into his legs, but and he couldn't feel it all day long uh, because his pain receptors could not reach his brain and he eventually died of that infection. Yes, he just got Jesus a nasty... Christ. I actually know a lot about this guy. You really do I know you quite would. a bit about yeah. him. Because yeah. when you're in uh, in the UK, he's a real hero. Yeah. They have a statue like outside of pizza places and yeah. sandwich shops. There's a statue of him uh, in front of the Ripley's, <laughs> believe it or not, at well, there's uh, also the Ripley's Square. Yeah. 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 I'm That's saying they the don't just I have remember. it outside of Ripley's, believe it or not. Also, yeah. Ripley's, the believe show. it or not. It's the freak show. The sh- the f- yeah, yeah, the goon, the Goon House. Yeah, I saw him outside of that. Ripley's Believe yeah. It or Not in L.A. is underwhelming. I'm going to say that. The, the Wax Museum's amazing. Have you ever seen his, his seat? They, they showed, it was like this little seat in a bar and he, which shows his award for tallest asshole. That was incredible that they gave him that. <laughs> oh, I actually have a normal size asshole. It's uh, really hard to shit. Oh, my poops are bigger than a normal man's. Oh. Well, to the scientific questions, I have no answer. Great. At least no good answer. Awesome. Oh, but a what if it's true point of view might tell us that the reason why these people existed in such few numbers is that they were quite possibly the descendants of aliens. Whoa! Finally, we are at the truth. What I like is that you see these little bits of quote unquote real evidence in people finding these gigantic bones and it does kind of fit into modern day folklore. I think what is interesting is how many cultures have stories about intermingling with giants that come from the sky that all they did was fuck their women and teach them how to blow shit up, which Hmm. I think is awesome. 
Uh, but I, you know, obviously it's dubious because yeah. it's difficult to prove because we don't have a, a time scope. I wish I could have a telescope to look back in time because I'd look at a lot of stuff. I'd look at JFK nailing Marilyn Monroe. Sure. I'd look at Cleopatra learning how to invent the push-up bra. I'd do all sorts of things. Yeah. But what this also maybe quite shows that these giants were, uh, they were anomalies on planet Earth and needed to be scrubbed by a vengeful god because what? of the sins of aliens slash angels, depending on what you believe, what your fucking belief structure is. Well, that makes a lot of sense, man. They fuck your they fuck your ladies. They blow shit up. They were the first ones to really rock a mullet. They're cool. Now, if we're going to entertain the idea that these giants found in burial mounds and caves and such were indeed descendants of aliens, uh-huh. then it's natural that we would have some semblance of evidence to back these claims up. Yeah, buddy. Well, when I mean, so aliens would be bigger because there's no gravity. Well, <laughs> I think, don't, well now you're don't. getting into the world of the expanse. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah, they don't, and they the don't get bigger; they just get longer. Yeah, they get well, weird that would and be wiggly. Bigger. Isn't it longer bigger? Not bigger necessarily, just longer. Yeah, they become like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, uh, technically, it's weaker. Yeah, and here is where we enter the world of ancient aliens. Yes. The source for this claim is one of the most famous books left out of the Bible, the Book of Enoch, which was supposedly an account given by the great-grandfather of Noah. Now, from a purely storytelling point of view, the Book of Enoch really ties the Old Testament together as a narrative. It's a fun book. It is. As it is now, like, just it's like mankind is sinful, so God brings a flood to kill everyone but Noah and his family. It's pretty heavy acceleration in the narrative without much buildup at all. And it's it, like a buildup of like two paragraphs. I really do. It really does. It kicks off. It kicks <laughs> off real hard. But I do like about the book of Enoch, and I was saying this to Dogmeat before the show, that it feels like a biblical graphic novel. Yeah. Like, it feels like he wrote a superhero story hmm. that was widely a part, especially in early Christianity, it was a part of the Bible for a long time. And mostly I think it's because it was highly entertaining. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about the story. The book of Enoch lays out the whole biblical flood story. It tells exactly how mankind got to be evil enough to deserve that flood while also working as a fucking sick sequel to the Garden of Eden story, complete with the return of Lucifer. Yeah, man. Did he come back as a snake? (laughs) Was he a snake again? No, he's an angel. But I mean, on the other other hand, you know, there's also, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of debate as to whether the snake in the Garden of Eden is is actually Lucifer or not. Hmm. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. We will never know. Never. Now, the reason why the book of Enoch did not make it into the modern Christian Bible is because it doesn't show the angels of God in a very positive light. And the Catholic Church did not like that narrative direction. If you listen to some of the Bible study videos that I watched, they have a lot to say about the creative, uh, I'm going to say cultivation of the Catholic Bible. And they are very, like, it's like, now we don't want to misjudge anything on the Catholic Church, and we don't want to talk any sort of tomfoolery about them. But yes, they are cannibals, and they drink blood. But besides (laughs) that, they do have a very creative way of putting together their Bible. Like, they say the words creative with a lot of heat. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Catholic Church wanted the angels of the Bible outside of Lucifer to be perfect beings. Because if you start throwing shades of gray into Catholicism, the whole fucking thing falls apart. Think Abba, but with superpowers. (laughs) Yes. So, the book of Enoch was removed from the Bible in the 3rd century AD. They fucking 
edited it out. Of course. They, they just yeah. they they were yeah. just like we don't like that story. We're going to It's like when they, they didn't like the optics. Yeah. It's like it's like the Jared Leto Joker that everyone's pretending never existed. <laughs> but Jared Leto was the Joker. And that's just a fact. I don't remember Jared Leto as the Joker. No. <laughs> but what if the Book of Enoch was true? Yeah, what history if? channel voice. <laughs> what if instead of just being a story, it was actually an account of an alien race meddling with mankind. Well, I tell you what, welcome to Costa Costa, yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask a question about some of these angel giants. Do you think they would wear hats? <laughs> tell me, uh, do you think that they would eat more than three eggs in an omelet? Three <laughs> eggs is too much for an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it is true then it might give an explanation for where all those goddamn giant humanoids came from. <laughs> yep. Now, the main characters in the Book of Enoch are a group of 200 angels known as the Watchers. The Watchers were one of seven orders of angels created by God to oversee and guide the first generation of humans as they fumbled through existence. So Grace. God was... They were grace. <laughs> <laughs> so God was looking around heaven and being like, you know what we need here? Bureaucracy. Yes. <laughs> we got to know. We, need, we well, need to get some red tape here. It's just too easy to enter. It seemed that the Old Testament was really a lot about angelic bureaucracies, which they actually stole from the mystery schools and the Anakian thought, right? That's kind of where the book of Enoch even comes from, is the idea that there was there's these many kind of intelligences behind the scenes that you can deal with. That that's where the Anakian magic kind of came from, is the idea is that you're talking to people like the watchers my mom mm. brought up the watchers the other day because of something from her reiki class like she's and it's still <sighs> out there like wow that the idea what? that there's a bunch of fucking sky cucks watching what's <laughs> happening to our families and masturbating in the corner what did your mom say about it she just said henry thomas have you heard about the watches? And I was like, not today, Mom. There's a plague. All right, let's just let's not talk about this right now. And that is when you'll hear the sentence from Henry, very rare, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Now, of course, the watcher angels were huge. They were giants. And these watchers are most commonly referred to as the sons of God in both the book of Enoch and in that brief mention in the book of Genesis. Hmm. They're all like Galactus, kind of. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Now, the Watchers did do a pretty good job of just watching for a while. But pretty soon, <laughs> the angels began to lust after human women with, as the book of Enoch put it, an unearthly libido. I will say, as God, my biggest mistake was giving these little monkeys butts. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just a bunch of horny giant angels? Yeah. Oh, well, they just my sat goodness. Because the truth was is that they sat and watched. Cause so in this world, God, or the giant creator alien that did exist, because if we do believe in agnostic views, that maybe there was a personality-less back God, and then there was a creator God that was an entity that created us with free will. So here on planet Earth, we immediately started fucking, fucking, uh-huh. drinking, smoking, partying. We invented the fucking fife. We invented yeah. barbecue. We did a bunch of stuff Whoa. immediately. These watchers watched us from a sexless place where they didn't experience these, what they called the cruder pleasures, like the idea of the uh, pleasures of the flesh, pleasures yeah. of the body, because they weren't, they were sort of corporeal, but we don't really know. But the idea is they made a transition to grow penises, essentially physical penises that you could suck on to come to the planet Earth huh. and start being like, okay, you guys think that you know how to party. 
we're going to teach you how to party with nuclear weapons. Whoa, <laughs> that is how you party. And furthermore, the Watchers also had the knowledge of the heavens, and they thought humans should know about this shit. Yeah, okay, sure. They should know about it because they would live a fuller, happier life. I'm down to learn about it. It's like the dude who taught me to do knife hits in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Never a bit of resin gone unused. <laughs> <laughs> so the Watchers got together on Mount Hermon in Israel and made a pact that they would all start having sex with humans just because they wanted to, while also bestowing heavenly knowledge upon the poor, dumb people of Earth. And little known fact, this pact was created with the first game of Salty Cracker. Unfortunately, I know how we can pitch this to God. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. we shall do. All right. We're going to be fucking them. Yes. Yes. So calm down, Gregory. Uh-huh. Yes, we're uh-huh. going to be having sex with them. But what we'll do is tell them. It's teaching them lessons. Oh, <laughs> Perfect that's scam, a great huh? idea. High uh, five. As you were talking, we all came on the cracker. You gotta eat it because yeah. the rule is if you're last to come, you get it in the tummy. I love straight good times with my straight friends. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about Mount Hermon, the place where they made this pact to fuck all the humans, is that Mount Hermon lies on the 33rd parallel. Oh. Meaning it lies 33 degrees north of the equator. Now, the 33rd parallel, which goes all the way around the Earth, is dotted with some of the biggest paranormal hotspots in existence. What's interesting about Mount Hermon in particular is that if you trace the 33rd parallel to its exact geographical opposite on the other side of the Earth, Uh you'll find yourself directly on top of Roswell, New Mexico. Now tell me, when you get to Roswell, do you get the green chili enchilada or do you get something like a taco? Uh, Mr. Nori, interestingly enough, I get the Christmas. It has the, both the green and the red. Get out of my studio, you cuck. <laughs> now taking human wives was naturally against the laws of God in heaven, but the watchers figured God can't punish us all. Nope. So, <laughs> this is just all the brothers. This is like everyone's family be like, if we all three run, I was always the one that got caught. Yeah. That was course. the problem. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking space porkies. <laughs> they came here to run train. Dude, they thought that they space could go. Space porkies needs to become a movie. <laughs> so, they all went ahead and took wives anyway and began bestowing knowledge. Yep. Among others... Berakuel taught astrology. Chazakiel taught weather prognostication, a.k.a. meteorology. Well, Sariel gave knowledge of the tides and the moon. Armamos taught magic and sorcery. And Azazel taught man the art of weaponry. Right here, what you got is, uh, this is called a 36-inch titanium dragon slayer. Now, with the, you got the carbonite edging to it, and you got a personalized, um, you got an antique handle to it. It's a it's a new antique, as we like to call it. It's a new antique. What you can do with this, you can see just the simple power, the carving power of the dragon slayer. What you can do is I, I'll demonstrate on this cantaloupe. I do like that one of the chicks just had to fuck the weatherman. <laughs> Like, out of all of those, the one who's like, it's going to rain tomorrow. Like, how that is the least attractive of all of these angels. But you could also call this 
storytelling version, if you want it, which the ancient aliens people, what they do quite often is that they'll take this, they, they want to take this literally. They mm-hmm. take this right. as a way to, de- why do we have this type of story in so many different cultures? So the long and short of it is this: this is a very specific way to tell the story of a group of aliens came down, possibly without permission from their superiors, and manipulated humankind in our DNA mm. by both teaching us and changing us physically. And that this is sort of the, this is the fictionalized version of it. Okay. Now, Azazel is definitely the main villain in this story because he not only taught man warfare, but also taught women the art of cosmetics, encouraging the painting of eyelids and the wearing of costume jewelry. But pretty soon... All the sex these giant watcher angels were having with mortal women began to produce giant offspring. And the name of these half-angel, half-human giants was the Nephilim. According to the Book of Enoch, the Nephilim were 300 cubits in size, which is roughly 450 feet tall. Oh, damn. Which is about a football field and a half. Yeah, that's why you're just a little fucking tic-tac. Yeah, I'm nothing. I'm not even a first down. Being so gigantic, the Nephilim soon turned on humanity and began eating them whole while destroying the natural world on Earth. Nephilim didn't give a fuck. They just started destroying and eating everything. Man, that, yeah. it's fun. Popcorn chicken. Like Attack on Titan. Imagine if Baron Trump was 450 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> How frightening would that be? Oh my God. <laughs> then the Nephilim began to eat each other and drink of each other's blood. And it's said that the Nephilim are the creators of chaos on Earth. Huh. Whereas before, there was a perfectly natural order to things. And the Forget Nephilim it. just fucked it all up. Fuck it up, dude. Fuck the <laughs> shit. They're like the baby boomers of the generation. <laughs> there it is. Hot take. Hot take. And so, having gone against the will of God and having royally fucked up the entire planet, the Watchers came under the influence of another rebellious angel. Lucifer. And under Lucifer, the goal of the Watchers was to completely infect the pure blood of the human race. The goal was to leave no pure blood humans left, because if there were no pure blood humans, then the appearance of a messiah in human form, as promised by God, Uh would have been impossible. It fucks up God's entire plan, which makes Lucifer very satisfied. However... There was one bloodline left on Earth that was completely untainted by the minions of Lucifer. Okay. Noah. Noah? He's the only one, man. He's just fucking his daughter. <laughs> Noah? That came after. That came after the flood. Oh, he fucked his daughter after the flood. I'm desperate to procreate. Oh, there's only one woman. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. Thank God I made her. Please. <laughs> Before the flood, he was just a, a drunk who didn't like to wear clothes. Well, he's fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's Ben Kissel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to wear clothes, but you got to. So God sent the great flood to cleanse the earth of the Nephilim and all who consorted with them. And the only one left, of course, was Noah. But God fucked the whole thing up to start with by having the angels come down here. God He's- is, it gets the best part about being the fucking all-knowing, all-correct God in the these stories is that he never made a mistake. But he See, made a he lot never made of a mistake. Mi- no, no, no. He didn't make a mistake. Yeah, he's doing it. This is never a mistake. Nothing's a mistake. It's all just what he was always going to do. It sounds like he's not taking accountability. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I don't like that. I don't like that into my God. And so, as you can see, 
This gives the Old Testament a little more narrative drive. It's a great fucking story. And remember, it is a matter of history that this story was a canonical part of the Christian Holy Bible and Christian belief until the 3rd century AD. And personally, I think it's fucking fascinating to think about how different Western culture would be Mm. if horny angels were just as much a part of our collective consciousness as fucking animals going two by two into Noah's Ark are. We learned about Noah's Ark in fucking Sunday school. And then you put horny angels in there? That's fucking great. Uh, sadly, some kids are learning about them in science class, which is really <laughs> yes. dangerous. Yes, and they're learning about horny angels from their fucking priests. They taught them all about them. They, they just gave them side lessons. No, this, it's, it, number one, don't watch too many Bible study videos where they try to f- parcel out whether or not Noah brought fish on the fucking ark. <laughs> oh, my God. And how God. they try to find, like, backup what's for it. It makes me want to blow my brains. What was they their- don't know. They don't know. <laughs> but they must have because we got fish now. <laughs> well, couldn't they just survive in the water? Yeah, I, I just... don't know, Kissel. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But apparently okay. they also made the water poison. I'm actually happy that you've had to live in my hell that I had to grow up in. This is great. Did This is the question. and This is like a true question. I have. Was it salt water in the flood or the pro- was it clean water in the flood? That, that, <laughs> that's what I was about to ask because you can't mix the salt water and the clean. Because if you put salt water and fresh water together, you just got a whole bunch of salt water. I think we have I to ask George Nori this question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No one says anything because it's all fake. It's not fake. We don't know. Well, it's not that it's not fake. The anti- the Diluvian story is happened. It is fucking cross-cultural. Like uh-huh. this idea of one of these, some super event that wiped out some form of humankind during our prehistory, which uh, to me I think is very interesting. I like the idea of us doing some sort of missing time episode as well. The idea that like they could have erased whole chunks of years and it might be the year 1700. We don't really know because sure. during the Dark Ages, like we lost so much information. So th- we don't know, know about anything. But it's interesting to see how the Christian angle on this is that the angels came down angels slash fucking aliens because it is te- the angels fucking us horny angels are in our lexicon it's called abduction scenarios it's oh, them picking us up yeah, we are now re- we are reinterpreting these things as these things come from the sky and fucking take our eggs but certain other cultures viewed these creatures like the Davos another thing the same stories as good that they were actually a positive part of society and they got they also got wrapped up in this so maybe if there's a world you want to put our fucking magical hats on that there were several groups of aliens fucking various cultures throughout all of the world and some of them liked it and some of them didn't like it because some of them got the bad ones because also they made a bunch of they fucked with our dna quite a bit right like they say the 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 uh anunnaki they were creating like little versions of us, like uh-huh. little like creatures and shit, like little Batman and like all these kind of side characters, like like with you know in the second wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys, yeah, sure. where they started making like here's a talking garbage can and, <laughs> and evil Leonardo, yeah. like that kind of shit. It goes into that world where they started inventing all the stuff, which led to YouTube comments being like. I believe that the great white shark is a product of the Anunnaki. And they are just, they've just gone, long gone. They've been so deeply confused that they are afraid that sharks came from aliens. And I can see where the confusion comes from. Well, absolutely, if you read the comments. Well, from what some people believe, a few of these Nephilim were able to survive the Great Flood. And it's their descendants 
who were found in American burial mounds. Yeah, Bob, don't even stress the flood. I got my Marlboro Miles in, <laughs> and I got one of them big inflatable canoes. This I tell great. you what the problem is, is, is filling it up. Because <laughs> my lungs are like not the same from getting all the points. <laughs> well, it ain't the flood. It'll be the lung cancer that kills us. Furthermore, it's also said that the descendants of the giants were the giant heroes and villains of ancient tales, like the story of David and Goliath and the epic of Gilgamesh. Mm. It was very, very interesting. And then what they might have survived is underground. That they, like the reptilians, if you believe this story is true, because the, there are some people that formulate the Watchers as possible draconians, that they were they were the reptilians of old, the, the bad ones, especially the Anunnaki. Mm. They think that maybe they all went down together, down in the caves, and that's why every once in a while, a couple of them pop up and eat and rape a bunch of Paiutes, or a couple of them pop up uh-huh. and make love to a bunch of willing women, or a bunch of pop up, and they become the fucking Clippers. Wow, <laughs> so you have a wife huh <laughs> yeah that's amazing. and she's heard all of this <laughs> however even though it seems like tales of giant humanoids are all in the distant past a fairly recent incident that occurred in 2002 suggests that some of these giants are quite possibly still alive dude this name. is one of my fucking favorite news stories in a long time <laughs> george mirasa <laughs> in the mid-2000s a man named Stephen Quayle told a story on Coast to Coast AM about a classified incident which occurred near the city of Kandahar in Afghanistan. Okay. Apparently, a squad of soldiers had gone missing in the desert, and a special ops task force was sent to find them. Now, ta- with a, a little backstory on this story is that at the time, apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, if you are a member of the armed forces uh, in Afghanistan, please tell me if you've heard any one of these stories at sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com. But apparently, according to several people that L.A. Marzulli also interviewed, that he said that they, I don't know, you've got to watch L.A. Marzulli's Watcher series to really make yourself an unbearable human being. Okay. There's 10 of them. It's 10 hours of, of great, old school, weird head shit. And one thing that they said was that they believed that there was tales of cannibalistic cannibals in the hills of Afghanistan, but U.S. troops took it as sort of like their version of Bigfoot. But I'm not certain if that's true or not. I like to hear from some more people to back that up. Absolutely. Shoot us an email. We'd love to talk about it on Side Stories. Well, the task force followed a trail up a lonely mountain until they came upon a cave where they found broken U.S. military equipment and gear scattered around the entrance. The task force was preparing to enter when they were suddenly faced with an aggressive, 13-foot-tall, double-toothed, 11-fingered, red-haired humanoid. They tell me, uh... You guys want to come over tonight and watch WrestleMania? I got nobody here. <laughs> no uh, maybe came. you guys can come clean my apartment. That'd be nice. I don't no got one. any towels, so if you've been looking to shower or anything, you need to get some towels. <laughs> no one came over for WrestleMania last year, and this year they couldn't come over. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just want to party next year at WrestleMania. No, me too. No, we'll me too. Put, I'm with you. We'll put together a big one next year. It'll be a big one. <laughs> well, according to the soldiers, the humanoid was dressed in rags and attacked them with an enormous spear. Now, the giant did manage to impale one soldier, killing him. 
But the ferocious uh. beast was finally taken down in a hail of bullets and was finally killed after a soldier shot him in the face uh. for 30 seconds straight. All right, this is where it's really hard. I love my country. <laughs> but I also got to love the giant people. God, no, man, the giant people. So the way it says, one of the shooters that L.A. Marzulli was interviewed said that they went up there, right? So they heard like, burps and farts or whatever coming from the cave. You can and imagine. when the giant emerged, he was like, Aah! and they they were all stunned. And so he had a big fucking spear in his hand that L.A. Marzulli, L.A. Marzulli, he definitely said he had a very accurate replica of in his studio and he showed it. It's real long. It's very big. And it stubbed, it stabbed through his friend Dave. He must have named, his name must have been like Tennessee Dave or something. I always got nicknamed. And the guy was like, Aah! like impaled through it. And they all like, for a second, they all froze, and they were like, he's like, and then muscle memory kicked in. And the first thing I said was, shoot him in the face. <laughs> and they all started shooting him in the face. He's going, bucka, 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 like a fucking the end of Inglorious Bastards. Oh, man, he just wanted them to pull his fingers so he would fart real loud and make them laugh. Well, supposedly the task force called it in, and a helicopter whisked the 13-foot corpse away for further study in the United States. And upon further inspection of the cave, the task force found a plethora of human bones. Now, this broadcast caught the attention of a man named L.A. Marzulli, whose main gig is to link modern times to biblical creatures and prophecies. So the story of the Kandahar giant was right up his alley. Perfect. Yeah, so this we, is like this is like the greatest story of all time for him. Yeah, yep. we, I mean Henry's mentioned L.A. Marzulli a couple of times so far. It's a pretty mysterious name. Like, give, give a little bit of background on on who L.A. Marzulli is. He's an independent report. He's an independent <laughs> researcher. And what's nice about being independent uh-huh. is that you don't have anybody backing up anything that you say, so you can say whatever you want. Right. He's a big. He's an old school coast to coast like big hits guy. He's always he's like one of these. He's a perennial guest on coast to coast, and he is a researcher that has become more and more kind of Christian over time. And he is. It's very interesting his view of these gigantic humanoids he's obsessed with them and he goes with a guy all the time who's a white dude in a sleeveless shirt that he calls El Sadistico because (laughs) El Sadistico loves to hike and they all hate to hike because they sit inside all day and they they think about aliens but they go to Mexico a lot and they go to a lot of gas stations where they show them they have giant humanoid skulls that they they're like this is most ancient nobody has and this is very special very delicate and then they're just holding them in their hands and tossing them back and forth and doing experiments with them and they're just showing gas station attendees these? No, the gas Basically. station attendants are showing it to them. Oh, it's Show a cool it gas them. station. Yeah, because they can show I, I went to one of these uh, when I was a kid in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. They had a fantastic alternative museum in a gas station there. Okay. But, of course, it's gone now. They're the best, oh. man, and I, I really love them, and I want to have them one day. But I did love when he said he interviewed the, one of the shooters, right? Because he got into, like, yeah, I got one of the shooters. We'll call him the shooter. He's a very handsome man, L.A. Marzulli. Very thick Van Dyke. And he's and he does sell a lot of this. He's selling a cleaning product right now. He is, is the thing that yes, he has this cleaning product. I want to say it's called like Blupo, or it's got a weird name, and it's the thing that it's sponsoring all of his shows now. Called the Hunt for the Nephilim is his new show, um, which but he should be doing from an undisclosed location in it's Burbank, it. California. <laughs> like he just says it. And uh, but the guy said that he's like the big thing is like well, they they fucking got this giant, and it's like. 
but we're not allowed to tell anybody because, you know, he's on a voice changer. It's just like, but why are you not allowed to say that you have evidence of giants living among us? And it's like, because if we do, it would prove that the Bible is real and the (laughs) government doesn't want that, which is a very interesting take. Yeah, because Marzulli claims that this is proof that the Nephilim from the Book of Enoch are real. And especially when you consider that the Kandahar giant was discovered in the Middle East. I do love the voice machine because then you can be like, hello, Sydney. Are you alone in the house? <laughs> you know, from Scream. <laughs> yes, from I Ghost remember. Space. I love Ghost I, I just rewatched that. Anyway, that's a whole, that's way off topic, <laughs> but it is a great movie. <laughs> However... When the Department of Defense was asked to comment on the story of the Kandahar giant, and this is true, they said, we do not have any record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in Kandahar. Fuck that. It's the cover up right there. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually seems like a pretty, that seems like a pretty on, on the uh, point. Yeah, it's sure kinda... thing, you fucking shill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like it Usually, is real cut and dry, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like they had it. Because sometimes they say we will not talk about it or like something like that, but they just, they didn't kind of clarify they it. Did very no, much, they very much yeah. clarified that there is no record of a right. man being uh, killed by a giant in Afghanistan. But now maybe they didn't listen to Coast to Coast. I don't know. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, stories of hoaxes involving giant humanoids, but I'm going to save all that for the next Relaxed Fit episode. So that's our that's our overview on giant humanoids. Whoa. Make your own fucking decision on if they existed or not. Don't yell at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but honestly, it really comes down to the it's, this, it's the same with all of these types of we'll, we'll get into hoaxes and all that stuff. But it's it's, you know, you could just say no. You know what I mean? Like, to any of this stuff. If you want, you can be like, I found giant bones, and all you have to go is, no, you didn't. That's it. I'm just really happy. I'm just really happy you said you're going to talk about this on the next Relaxed Fit, because I did think you were going to say part two. And uh, I know you guys tend to take care of the production, um, but I may have had to step in and just be like, do we need two parts on giant humanoids? It's incredible. (laughs) It's it's very useful information. The the, the hoax stuff is just, I mean, it's just really fun. I mean, it's all flim flam, man. Like, P.T. Barnum is involved in it. It, it's It's fucking great. Endlessly enjoy watch walking endlessly enjoy walking through those kinds of places Me Coney too. Island man I, Coney's gotta come back yeah, it will um, so I miss it first place I'm going when uh, everything gets back to normal absolutely well thank you all so much for listening to this episode on giant humanoids such a fun story and we are excited to bring you more fun stories in the near future we might get some blood in there and we'll continue to uh, keep you entertained as we go through life together as always so excited guys thank you for the support for our book last oh my god that's been so sweet guys thank you oh my god thank you so much thank you so much for everybody for saying all the sweet things that they have and for buying the book and for posting pictures of them buying the book it's been really overwhelming to like finally see this thing that we work so hard on like in the in the hands of the fans in the hands of the people that it is meant for so thank you so much for supporting and thank the Corey Feldman loved the book Corey (laughs) Feldman loved the book he read it he definitely (laughs) read it I was gonna say thanks thanks to the two of you for putting together that wonderful uh video that you can see on our Twitter that involved Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. uh, Marky Ramon, and a whole series of 90 Day Fiance stars. Thank you very much. I'm not they even, love the book. I really am not even... This is... It's a real question, and I'm not trying to be rude. Oh, of course not. Is that woman special needs? <laughs> the 90 Day Fiance woman. Now, therein lies a years-long argument, my friend. I yeah. wish... To be and, honest, if there was a way... I mean, like, it's not like... You could, 
cut her open and count the rings. You know what I mean? It's very <laughs> difficult to find evidence for that. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that you could, like, swab her blood and if it goes blue, it's fucking special needs. I don't, I I don't, don't know. I don't know. I just, it's just I very have special weird. needs. We all have special needs. Well, I just, uh, I, I mean, just, it's just, I mean, Danielle, she definitely <sighs> did get taken by Muhammad, but, you know, uh, it's, hey, what do you do? A, so she <laughs> love is the one that brought somebody over here. She brought, yes, she oh, brought a man. it's not just guys getting girls. No, 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 no. She brought a young Tunisian man. It's about 25 <laughs> uh, from, uh, he, she, he brought, <laughs> she brought Muhammad over here. Uh, he lasted about two years before he uh, fucked off to Miami. To be fair, he With did a his. woman that definitely had done meth in the previous month. And I would say has destroyed at least three marriages. Uh, but, yeah, then, you know, uh, Danielle tried getting him deported, and then he talked her out of that. And now I think he's homeless somewhere in Miami. Hey, man, good. I guess, yeah, I uh, you know, we all got a life. We got to leave. <laughs> yeah, we all got a we all got a life. We gotta he leave. did fuck her for two years. He, he put did. in his time. He put it in his time. Yeah, he did. Um, huh. Well, that is. That's it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating look into the lives of uh, everyday people. Well, that's very everyday lonely. Pe- it's not people. everyday people at all. It's just just a, it's just fascinating no, it's to just look the, at people. Decline yeah, of modern really civilization. Is. <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah. definitely, we deserve everything we get. Hey, you have sometimes you have to choose how you waste your time, and this is how in our household. We choose to waste our time. I'm not your son. You do, this is in our household. We watch 90 Day Fiance. I want to also give big ups. We're going to be talking about our, our calm down shows. Big ups to Kevin Millett. Kevin Gillespie for on Top Chef All Stars. She's fucking crushing it right now. It's my boy, Kevin. Hey, all boy. right. There, that's very cool. Also, if you want a really fun movie that you might not have seen in a very long time that will just make you happy for an hour and a half, we did this a couple of nights ago. Fucking watch Little Shop of Horrors again. Oh, it's great. Uh, all right. And also the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't want to watch, watch Little Shop of Horrors because I refuse to be scared of tomatoes. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not doing it. What do you mean you refuse to be Scared. Are you talking doing shit it. about Little Shop of Horrors? The movie is overrated. Oh, it is. You are Whoa. about to. You're going to end. You're wow. literally going to end I'm this episode wow. like this. It's a very. I just don't want to be scared of produce. Jimmy You're not had, joking. You just walked back something that you know is wrong. No, I. Don't, <laughs> I, would, I mean, if I have to die on that hill, I guess I would. If you want to watch movies about singing tomatoes, feel free. Go watch Veggie Tales. Uh, Jimmy Havoc. He's also a kick-ass pro wrestler, and he listens to the show. So thank you, Jimmy Havoc, badass dude. He is on uh, AEW right now. You can watch him on TNT. Badass mofo. Thank you, Jimmy Havoc. Thank you. He's Thank really, you, seriously, Jimmy these, Havoc. These dudes go through a lot of pain for Oh, us. I know. We sit. I know, and you go through a lot of pain watching them. Yep. Um, and again, get the book on IndieBound. Yeah, IndieBound.org. Yes. And uh, support your uh, local booksellers and, and support all of uh, your local businesses as much as you can uh, in this difficult time. Absolutely. Yep. And we will see you fuckers all in August. Cannot wait, man. We're going to be back on the road, man. Mm -hmm. So excited. It's going to be great. I'm already thrilled. Um, All right, everyone. Hope you're safe. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Let's do a Magoostillation, shall we? A Magoostillation. Hey, okay. Magoostillation. It's fine with me. Hail me. If you would. If you got the time. And you do. I know you have the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, I have a a couple of friends right now not texting me back, and uh, I'm going to have some harsh messages for them. Yep. 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 (laughs) Has George Norrie heard your impression yet? He um d- doesn't take kindly to them. Apparently. <laughs> he doesn't? No, he does not enjoy impersonations of himself. He's a very he serious doesn't. man. He's a highly sensitive boy. Oh, man. 
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Thank you.